You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at whopetspod.com. for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source the great folks at Lakerholics.com, and of course, the awesome individuals at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, we thought things were looking on the way up for the team because we had just talked about this with Joe Sorrell on yesterday's program, talking about how things were going. The Lakers were on a little bit of a win streak. Things were looking a little bit up for the team. We were, things were kind of in the positive nature, and LeBron with some good news saying it was a false positive on his COVID test and he tested several times negative since got the clearance by the NBA to return on Friday against the matchup against the Clippers and things started to look really good for the Lakers as they headed into the game but then they played the game and just could never get up that hill they got as close as you possibly could and they never let actually the Clippers out of sight, only down by as much as 12 throughout a couple points in the game. But mostly there were then 10 for virtually all the game and just some errors here and there. Just some simple things that they could have done better on the defensive end and at the free throw line. And things would have been a little bit different. But down the stretch, the Lakers just could not handle the outside shooting of the L.A. Clippers. And the L.A. Clippers ended up winning. 119 to 115 over the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James struggled in his return, but it was good to have him back nonetheless. LeBron James, 23 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, but nine of 23 shooting. Anthony Davis chipped in with 27 and 10, but both guys were part of the issue with some free throwing, 7 11 for Anthony Davis, three for five from LeBron James. The team overall from the free throw line was at 61%, which is a major reason why that they lost the game because the Clippers shot significantly better than the Lakers did from the free throw line, made four more threes, but the Lakers dominated on the inside, but still it just wasn't enough as they could not get their execution on defense. It fails again for the Lakers. 
And here today to talk about the game, still, again, a good performance from Malik Monk. I want to go ahead and throw his name in there because I really was happy with his performance in the second half. 20 points, all of it in the second half, really came in with some hot shooting. Carmelo Anthony added 13, so really not too bad off the bench. But again, coming down the stretch, just that execution on the defensive side did the Lakers in. And here today to talk about the game is good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It's Laker Tom and Laker Tom. It was good to have LeBron back. But unfortunately, strong performances down the stretch from Luke Kennard, Paul George, and dare I say it, Isaiah Hartenstein. Were the he played very well. The Lakers didn't make it through tonight. It was kind of like the basketball gods didn't want too many good things to happen to the Lakers, and that's why that bank shot by Morris goes in after a great defensive effort by Anthony Davis. Well, you could tell um, anytime the Lakers got close, anytime the Lakers yeah. tied or within one or within two, the shot went out, the rebound the didn't fall. Yeah. Nothing. You know, I, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And this was all game long. They never <laughs> made it up over that hit. Yeah, there must have been like six or seven shot opportunities to get that lead, and they never did get it. And, and in the end, uh, you keep doing that, and, and you leave yourself open for the lucky shot. The free throw yeah. line was an issue, and then again, the yeah, we lost, we lost the, we lost the, we lost the analytics battle to the Clippers. Basically, yeah, they got eight more points from the free throw line and twelve more points from three pointers. Total of twenty points. We got nineteen points from points in the paint over them. So it was a, it was an analytics game versus an versus a dinosaur game. lineup that Frank Vogel put out there. I mean. Do one thing great, Frank. You know, you 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 make a great move by saying, "Okay, I'm going to replace I'm going to replace DeAndre Jordan with Dwight Howard," because Jordan just it's just not working with Jordan. Then, and this is before LeBron gets eight tries at negative and his COVID tests. So uh, then they find out that well, LeBron's going to play now. We only got one spot for a shooter left if we're going to start Dwight. And so who does Frank in his, I don't know whether it's an unconscious bias for old school basketball and, and a belief that spacing just doesn't matter. And that as long as we've got 71.4% three point shooting Dwight Howard stretch five in the lineup, we don't need anybody else who can shoot. And so we go out there with LeBron James at 34% being the only three point shooter that we have over 30%. The biggest negative of the night, Dwight Howard, right behind him, Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, who again had a terrible game, missed all of his three-pointers. But spacing doesn't count as far as Frank is concerned. Frank lost the game as far as I'm concerned. I thought the team played great. I thought they came back at least a dozen times during the game and made clutch baskets to stay close. Just couldn't get it over yeah, the hump. They just couldn't get over the hump. And and part of it is that they, you know, they put themselves in such a hole in the first half, fighting back through the entire game. And it, it wears you out at a time. And they left themselves open to the basketball gods saying, nah, nah, you guys got to play some more defense. And, and they just basically couldn't do that. Um, some of it is that the Clippers have some guys who are, really adept, especially Paul George at getting shots off and hitting them, you know, and uh, he's a, he's as good a master of the, of the mid range jumper as Chris Paul is, or, 
or any of these guys are, you know, um, you find that you find something in the game where every team's defense channels you to force you to take a mid range shot. And then a few guys in the league are so good at that, that they really, it's become an advantage for them, you know, and the whole league is playing right into their hands and, and championships. We know from looking at Kobe and looking at Jordan championships can be won by great mid-range shooters, even in the three-point era. I liked what I saw from the team hustling back there. I would have put Monk in the starting lineup. You know, you just can't go out there with no shooters. I mean, Frank has been very erratic. You know, I mean, after after 22 games, he announces that Dwight Howard's not going to play tonight. I'm going with my guy, DJ. And then... Three minutes into the game, he yanks DJ, ends up with a fight screaming at him on the bench and announces that they're going to only play one center at a time going forward. And then he comes back and starts THT, who in the last five games had the worst net rating of any Laker player by substantial margin and is not a three-point shooter. He's shooting like 28%, I think, from three. And those are just dumb moves that, that I mean, it, it didn't take him I mean. How many people, if you went out and talked about basketball people who are following everywhere from bloggers like us to people who are on the beat and being paid to report on the Lakers, everybody has been saying, you know, that DeAndre Jordan is a terrible fit. The stats say it. The eye test say it. Same thing with with Avery Bradley. And yet, Frank sits there and says, well, it's Avery Bradley's courageous spirit that in that is infects the entire team, and that's why he's so valuable in there and so forth, even though the numbers show that when he's on the court, we don't play well. And the same thing with DeAndre Jordan. I don't know what I don't know what he ever would have seen that that nobody else saw, including us, that made Jordan a starter. So you've got a coach who's obviously must be feeling the pressure at this point in time. And the team needs to win. And we didn't win tonight. Now we're back at 500, you know. And AD's promise of the 10-game winning streak is, again, just one of those things where you end up saying this is just one game. Of course, that's the 24th one game in a row. Maybe out of 23 of them, we've been disappointed. And uh, one of them that we've been happy with. So uh, we'll have to see what happens with the Celtics whether Frank will make any changes in the lineup. I think he's just as likely to put Jordan and, Bar- and Bradley back in the starting lineup as he is to do anything intelligent. Well, that would be, that, that would be based off of Bradley's I, thumb. Bradley has a thumb issue right now, so we don't know how long he's going to be out. Well, but it's not going to operate on it. Yeah. Could come I back mean, as early as next game, but we don't know the that. The problem is, is that I have no confidence in what Frank is going to do because he totally does not understand that you need to have shooting in the lineup. Even if it costs you some defense, it will get you back more points than you lose on defense. It's great to say, hey, we play great defense, and I put my best defenders out there. Of course, our best defenders have the worst offensive ratings on the team, and and that means that you lose. It's, It's a pretty simple game, you know. More baskets made by one team beats the other team every time. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. You've got to be encouraged by Malik Mug. One of the things I was asking Joe Soro from LakersBall.com on is the fact that I want to see him play more, but play more consistently. And I think over the past couple of weeks, we have seen him consistently provide you, at least on one end of the spectrum, on the offensive end, consistent numbers. In fact, he did so in the second half and gave the team a lift that almost pulled it through and carried it out, but just short, just short. So I want to ask you this, my friend. I agree with you that Monk should be right now in the starting lineup because right now you got to go with the hot man and he's right now one of the hottest players on the team, if not the hottest, because he seems to be shooting better, more consistently than anyone. I think that is there, there's a reason why he's obviously very deficient on the defensive end, but right now when you don't have a lot of good defenders or any good defenders statistically right now, especially when you're in the bottom five teams in the defensive overall rating, it really doesn't matter. you got to go ahead and outscore teams at this point in time. If that's the case, I'd put Malik Monk in there in 35 minutes, start him there. Or Ellington. Either one, of the, one, of them, one of them, they have to have some three-point shooting gravity. And the well, other I agree come with that, but I, I would say Monk right now. I would say Monk, he's a better fit. And I, his, he's even worse on defense. The problem with, the problem with Malik is that he's small. I mean, that's the problem yes. partly with our guards, that our guards this year are 6'3 and 6'3, you know, as opposed to having two 6'5 guards, like a 6'7 guard with when he had Danny Green. But Monk is athletic, you know, and the way he kept us in this game, he probably made three or four clutch baskets that kept this team in the game at various key points of the fourth quarter. And they weren't necessarily all three-pointers. A couple of them were nice drives to the basket and so forth. I thought I, I also saw him make several good defensive plays at key points where he used his athleticism to tip a ball away from uh, from uh, an attempted dunk by Hartenstein on a lob. So, you know, there, there were a lot of good signs and the team is starting to come together. Um, you just have to remember that this is a process that's usually one step or two steps forward, one or two steps back. Um, and it, it, there were a lot of things that we saw I think were good. Troublesome things to me were LeBron still bothered by something, man. You hope it's not father time. You, you hope it's the high ankle sprain not fully recovered, or you hope that it's the abdominal strain, you know, or you hope that it's, you hope that it's something besides father time finally showing up and, and taking LeBron down a notch, but he hasn't had that thunderdunk approach to the rim. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, I thought played superbly the whole game. I thought he had a lot of heart. Uh, free throw shooting is just horrifying, you know. 
And he had two chances to tie the game and miss free throws both times in that situation, you know. Um, and there's the argument going on that uh, after the championship, everybody thought he was a top five guy. Now they're talking about whether he really still even belongs in the top ten. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, he used to be he used to be thought of as the next Superman on the Lakers, but he's more of a Batman. And yet you read some of the stats that he leads the league in points in the paint. He's, you know, up at the top of all of the categories for, for scoring at the rim and attempts at the rim and so forth, percentage shooting percentage at the rim. So he's, uh, you know, those are, those are all positive signs and, and still the, the ability to not have LeBron have to go through COVID to me is the biggest bullet that the Lakers dodged in this entire situation. You know, the fact that it was a, it was a false positive and not, you know, not really catching COVID. And I mean, all you have to do is listen to the the comments from Joel Embiid about what he thought, you know, when he was in the worst parts of the, of having COVID that, you know, he didn't really, he thought he was done. He didn't think he was going to make it. So thank God for that. You know, um, thank God nobody got injured tonight. I got to say one thing, you know, uh, Luke Kennard showed me something that I didn't think he had. I, you know, he, he made so many clutch threes. For he's a paid guys. shooter, my friend. He's an yeah. assassin. That's what. Yeah, he I thought he's an overpaid shooter, but tonight he earned his money. But if you leave him wide open, like the Lakers did several times, because their trapping absolutely sucked yeah. when they tried to trap George each and every time. That was the most pathetic well, trap. But I that, think you and you know, I could see around that. Trap. I, I, I'll let somebody else on that team try to beat me rather than Paul. And I agree with that, but it needs to be a harder trap than that. Something a little bit harder for him to, he was just, he passed out of it so easily because the guys that were coming up to trap him are 6'2 and 6'3. That's nothing. Right. He sees over. Well, you know, what's the alternative? Malik, I'd send guarding, big. Malik guarding PG? I'd send the big. I'd send the yeah. big out after him. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Austin well, yeah, yeah, a horrible they'll job against they'll him, just, but that's, that's expected. He's a rookie. They'll just switch off down to them. That's the problem. We still have a roster imbalance. We don't have enough guys that are six seven to six nine. You know, that's for sure. And the ones that we have are either under twenty one or THT is twenty one now, isn't he? Or THT is six four and he is twenty. Oh, so they're either under twenty under twenty one or over thirty six. All of our guys that are six seven to six nine. But THT is actually six four, but he's got those long arms. But yeah, right. it's still, it's it's it's. You know, I digress. His performance, unfortunately, this past couple of weeks have have truly soured me on him as far as his future going forward. Well, you know, it, it's just so nonsensical, Gerald, to think that an NBA head coach Frank Vogel with a whole staff of assistants would not understand that if you're going to start Dwight Howard along with three superstars, only one of which shoots 34% and the other 29% and one uh, one 18%. If you're going to put and Dwight Howard and those three superstars on the court together, you don't put out another guy that shoots under 30% from three. I mean, how can you do that? Unless you're trying to showcase him for an upcoming trade. Yeah, it's, we can't make the trade until January 15th. Because I know of, this. I'm just saying I'm throwing this out there. I mean, because the December 15th date is coming up for a vast majority of the NBA players. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Eligible. I think Frank Frank always has a redemption thing. If you screw up, you go to the bench. And if, 
he screwed up for three or four games. They, they sat on the bench for three or four games without getting a play, and now it's it's Frank's redemption tour, you know? It's a shot for THT to show that he can do it. Um, and he's <clears> not getting it done. Except that it was sort of like throwing a hand grenade into a perfect situation for the Lakers to come out and have a great game. And just didn't get it done indeed. But it is Laker Tom. He is part of the Lakerholics.com experience. Please go ahead and be part of that experience today. Interact with them. They're all waiting there for you. Laker Tom, Jamie Sweet, L. Rob's there. A lot of great characters that are over there that always comment and always go ahead and have a great time at Lakerholics.com. Unfortunately, the Lakers did ultimately lose. They just never got over the hump, got as much. They tied several times, got to one point, got to two points. They had several chances to take the lead and just didn't get over the hump. As they lose 119 to 115, they fall back again to 500, falling back down the Western Conference standings. The Clippers actually jump over them by their win today. And that seemingly 5 to 7 team just smashing right there in the middle of the pack, the Lakers and Clippers are part of. But the Lakers hopefully will try to get back on the winning track next Tuesday at the Staples Center against Boston. So. My friend, the next week takes us to another challenging week for many different reasons. Obviously, the first thing is Boston on Tuesday. And then coming up after that will be, I think, Memphis first and then Oklahoma City, the vaunted Oklahoma City. So I want to hear your thoughts. December needs to be a pivotal month, I think, for the team to go ahead and get back on track. And by the end of this month, we need to be speaking about them in a positive manner as far as above 500, at least three or four games clear for at least Laker fans to go ahead and say, you know what, we're on the right track. If they're not and they're still at 500 or below, things could get really ugly from here. So I want to hear your thoughts on the next upcoming week for the team. These are not really super tough games on the surface, on paper. They are very winnable. But your thoughts on the next week's games against Memphis, the the Oklahoma City killer, Oklahoma City again, and then also Boston. So what are your thoughts on next week's games? Well, there should be some good revenge factor with the Boston situation, you know, because we got beat pretty handily from them. And uh, OKC, what, what, you know, I mean, this is our biggest rival, aren't they? Seemingly, uh, I mean, by yeah, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to get a 26-point lead on them and then maybe build it up to 73 points, something like that. But you're absolutely right that the Lakers basically have to put together some winning streaks and long enough streaks that when you subtract the losses, they're getting, getting they're gaining, you know, in this situation. You can't go five and five. You can't go 10 and 10 over the next 10, 20 games. If they do that, Frank Bogle is going to lose his job. And I think the first thing that has to be done, and this is, I'm in the middle of writing an article on it again, is this just this whole issue that if you have, three superstars who are not great three-point shooters. And that's what the Lakers have in LeBron and AD and Russ. You need shooting. The other two guys in the lineup have to be shooters. That was why when Russ signed, the assumption was that we were going to play small ball with AD at the five. And as much as it was a good decision to replace DeAndre with Howard, it isn't a good decision to start a Howard. He's better coming off of the bench, being the only center coming off of the bench, and AD playing the five. 
Now I know that means that you've got to you've got to trade off some defense for offense, but that's the same thing we've been talking about, Gerald. That we built a roster to play a certain way, and Frank was part of that decision to build that roster and make that trade for Russ and to go into the small ball thing because he likes the small ball lineup. But then Ariza got hurt, and then Frank. It reminds me so much of Moneyball, where you got a manager who won't play the guys that you paid the money to put in there and won't play the kind of style that the team needs to play to go on a six-game winning streak, lose one, and then win four or five more, win five or six more, and then all of a sudden, soundly in the top six, and you're in, in ready to put yourself in a position. Because if AD and LeBron are healthy and the team is playing extremely well and Russ has acclimated himself and built himself into the system, this is a team that can win a championship, but it's also a team that if it continues to be mismanaged by Frank Vogel and continues to have the injury problems that they have and doesn't make a big trade like you and I both believe they need to make, doesn't get a great player from the buyout market, which seems to be the key to everybody's championship every year, those things don't happen, then we could have a very disappointing season. I think it started from the get-go with the way the, the roster was assembled, so... I'm sharing the blame on that one. It's not just about the decisions that Frank Vogel made. I think it starts right at the top with Rob Blank. Well, it's I'm, it, pointing, the, a, I'm pointing much of the fingers yeah. at him. Well, well, there's a lot more than just those few fingers to point because LeBron and AD, frankly, haven't been the LeBron and AD. Well, like Jamie Street says, it all starts with that dinner. Yep, it all yeah. starts with that dinner indeed. But yeah, right. It is Laker, Tom. You could go ahead and catch his latest article on LeBron at the five, which unfortunately due to Isaiah Hardenstein didn't look so good today. It was like the LeBron center killer today because, my gosh, he was just going off on LeBron at the five. But for the most part, the LeBron at center thing has worked. So please go ahead and check out his article today at Lakerholics.com where you can go ahead and check out everything else as well as far as not only the latest Lakers fast breaks, five things from Jamie Sweet and everything that we've got going on there. So please be part of it today at Lakerholics.com. Again, the Lakers did fall behind and they just couldn't quite get up and over the hill. They tied several times. They had the chance to lead several times, but unfortunately because they couldn't just get the defense in gear and they, just because they couldn't hit their free throws, Little things. It's the little things that mean so much. And unfortunately, just like snow in Hawaii, (laughs) you know, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be that real for the Lakers so far unless they make some changes. But, hey, it's going to snow in Hawaii, so you never know what's going to happen with the Lakers indeed. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break, he is available at LakerTom on Twitter. Also as well, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com if you have any questions for us. But the best place to go for conversations about the Los Angeles Lakers is Lakerholics.com. But Tom, great to have you here. I want to go ahead and thank you so much for stopping by. This is one of been one of our highest rated in quite some time as far as people watching and tuning in. So we had a lot of people watching today, so I want to thank them very much. Also want to thank everybody listening out there as well in the podcast this weekend. I hope everyone out there has a terrific weekend. We will be back for sure for a post game on Tuesday. I'm also looking to see if I can get a Monday show together as well, but we'll be back for the Boston game on Tuesday. Will they avenge their loss at Boston by going ahead with a win at Staples Center? We'll find out. We'll be back on Tuesday to go ahead and talk about it right here 
at the Lakers Festival.